trabajo A mujeres no me falta ni el dinero ni el amor Jineteando en mi caballo por la sierra yo me voy Las estrellas y la luna ellas me dicen dónde voy Ay, 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 ay mi amor Hello everyone, welcome again to another episode of 10 Minutes with the Master Enchilada Roller, Russell Ibarra. I have a, another special guest, of course all my guests are special, but uh, this one's a little extra special because uh, not only we in, are we in the same industry, but there's a lot of similarities between this person's family and mine. So uh, today's guest is uh, Dominic Lorenzo with El Tiempo Cantina. Welcome, Dominic. Thank you, Russell. Thank you for having me. So your, your grandmother was Ninfa Lorenzo. Yes. And uh, so she opened the first Ninfas in 1973. That's correct. And what year were you born? I was born in 1970. Oh, okay. So okay. when I was three years old, she opened up the first her first uh, Ninfas. So you look a lot younger. <laughs> so I thought you were like 41, 42. I'm 50 years old, man. Okay, well, congratulate. Welcome to the club. So <laughs> right. I'm, I'm about to leave my 50s. I'm, I'll, wow. I'll be 60 this year. It goes by quick, doesn't it? It really does. You know, yeah. Those decades, you know, you used to think of 10 years as being so long, but really it's fast. It really is. So um, your dad is, is Roland. Yes, uh, my dad is uh, Mama Ninfa's first son. She had five children, four boys and a, and a daughter. And how many of them are still around today? Uh, all of them. Okay, good. Thank God, yes. Um, and then my Aunt Phyllis, her, her only daughter, uh, married into the Mandola family. So, there's, you know, we run deep into that. So, so people can, I mean, y'all's uh, family tree is, is, uh, is, is incredible. It really is. When you think about how you yourself are connected to Johnny Caraba. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing how it's closely knit community amongst, amongst a few Few families. Yeah. So your your um, your aunt married Tony Mandola, mm-hmm. and uh, of course Tony Mandola's um, is it? How is he connected to Damien Mandola? So Damien and uh, is his one of his brothers. Okay. And Vincent, who, uh, as we all know, passed away this year, I believe, or right. last year from COVID. from COVID. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So who is uh, connected? How is uh, Johnny connected to the family? So Johnny is cousins with. Uh, with uh, the Mandolas. Okay. There is a first cousin. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's really cool yeah. cuz see my my brother to, Okay, so my dad started El Toro in 1960 and um my brother Roland mm. uh has two boys and they work for him at El Toro and they're out of that out of our entire family tree those two will probably take over El Toro. Mm-hmm. So it's like Dominic all over again. Sure. But uh, his name is Zachary and Jordan, uh, the two boys that work uh, with my brother Roland, who runs El Toro today. It's a good name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my grandmother's five uh, children have, have 18 grandchildren ch- uh, total, and I'm, I'm the first one. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm the first of 18 grandchildren. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not sure what numbers in ours, but it's quite a few. Um, so, uh, you know, I consider, the, I consider y'all Tex-Mex royalty. And uh, because, you know, Nymphas launched the fajitas in the Houston market back in the 70s. And um, if I'm not mistaken, they were also connected to a tortilla factory, Sierra Blanco? Uh, the Rio Grande. Rio, okay. Yeah, Rio okay. Grande Tortilla Factory was the tortilla factory that my grandfather built on navigation, which eventually was converted into Nymphas on navigation. What is your earliest childhood rem- memory of, of 
that whole experience of the restaurants? You know, I have I have very faint memories as way back as three years old, but right around five is when it starts to. Uh, I have more some really clear memories, and I remember we get to like 1977, and, and I'm seven years old now, and, and Ninfos on Navigation is four years old, and I remember the line wrapping around the corner, and my grandmother greeting each and every guest that walked in. Um, I have very strong memories of that. So what was your first job? What did you do? I was a dishwasher. You know, that was my first job. That was my very first job. I think that's the best place to start <laughs> because I tell people that, you know, there's only one direction up. Absolutely. So, um, I've worked them all, all the positions. <laughs> so, the, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Nimfas and then I'm going to talk a little bit about El Tiempo because obviously you can't talk with about one without mentioning the other. Um, I remember going to Nimfas back in, I guess, right around 1980 when they had opened up the, or even before then, when they had opened up the Gulf Freeway store. Mm-hmm. And that, that place was always packed. And it was one of the first times that I had experienced a restaurant announcing over the speaker, Jones Party of Four, Jones mm-hmm. Party of Four, your table now is available. I remember that. Yeah, so, uh, and uh, the food was fantastic. I have, you know, it was just so good. It was a beautiful restaurant with that sunken bar in the middle. Yes. I'll never forget that place. <clears throat> and, uh, and of course, Nymphas grew and grew and grew and grew. I mean, y'all had at one time, I believe in 93, something like 40, 40 something restaurants. Yes. And, um, and I, you know, we have 19 today, and I can't imagine, and y'all have quite a few too. I can't imagine 43. Can you imagine 43 today? No, I don't know how we did it back then. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, it went back the other direction. And you yes. can't, you know, it's easy uh, to outgrow yourself. Yes. Um, because it's really about. We grew too quick, overextended ourselves, and kind of found, found, found ourselves in a little bit of financial trouble. So, one thing that you may not even know. But when I was running El Matador back in the 90s, or 80s, and early 90s, before I opened Gringo's in 93, um, I private labeled the tortilla chips for Ninfas with the retail market and all the fiestas. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure who brokered that deal uh, on, on y'all's behalf, but yeah, I was doing y'all's private label. That's great. To, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, see, you learn something every day. Absolutely. And, uh, and of course, um, I think it was Cisco that forced Nymphas into involuntary bankruptcy, and Serrano's Cafe picked it up. Yes. And then even um, Carlos Mencia, the comedian, got involved. Mm-hmm. And um, but of course, he just he just really ran in the ground. Is all he did. Yes. So, what year did El Tiempo open? The first location. It was 1998. 1998. In fact, okay. it was April the eighth, 1998. So. Okay. Yeah, you don't forget those dates. No, I've got it burned into my mind. So that was the one on Richmond, correct? Yes, we went. Ninfas went bankrupt in 1996, late 1996, and then uh, we opened up Domberger on Canal Street. It was a little hole in the wall, which I think today is moon, moon, Moonlit Tower. Yes, something yes. Like my, my son goes there all the time. Yeah, yeah. so that was Domberger, and and uh, we we served hamburgers and Greek salads and chicken fingers out of a little hole in the wall. And we made cheesecakes that we sold back to uh, back to Ninfas, oh, wow. and and that kind of kept us going uh, for for a couple of years. And it was inside of Domberger where we kind of brainstormed our next idea, and that's where El Tiempo was born in the kitchen at Domberger. <laughs> you know, I used to um, analyze alcohol sales, and y'all were consistently the, some of the highest volume uh, had some of the highest volume alcohol sales in, in the city. Uh, they were always high. I mean, very, very high. 
So I don't know what y'all do with y'all margaritas, man, but they, <laughs> they're very popular, to say the least. They're, they're smooth and delicious. How has, um, how has COVID, um, how have y'all handled the whole COVID thing? You know, it's been a challenge, like, like I, as, as I can imagine it has been for everyone else. It's been a very difficult year, um, or 2020. We'll, obviously, we'll never forget it. Um, we have 1,300 employees and, you know, probably 50 over the course of the last 10 months have, have uh, contracted the virus. Four, four of our employees have died from the virus. One of them was a 40-year veteran that worked for my grandmother. Her name was Carmen Alfaro. And uh, to, I still can't believe that she's gone, but she was the heart and soul of El Tiempo, Washington. She was the kitchen. She wow. was the chief there. And uh, we lost her. And it's been difficult, you know, but uh, we're, we're running... We're following, following all the protocols and whatnot and still dealing with it. And, yeah, I mean... Uh, but I consider ourselves very fortunate, Russell, because, you know, we're doing okay. We're hanging in there, and we've got, you know, we're rebounding pretty good. And I think that says a lot about El Tiempo because I know there's a lot of other restaurants out there that are not, not rebounding as well as we are, so we're very fortunate. Yeah, thank God for Tex-Mex, huh? Absolutely. And, and margaritas to go. Yes. Yeah, that's been a, a... That was a game changer right there. It really was. It was a game changer, and I hope they uh, don't take that away from us. I don't think they are, because they need the taxes. Yes. You know, people don't understand how much is collected on alcohol, but uh, it used to be 14% strictly from the business, but now it's split up between the consumer and the business, but it's still 14 point whatever percent now. Yes. That's a lot of money out of every drink, you know, every dollar, every, every alcoholic dollar sold. So um, let's see, El Tiempo. Now, y'all opened up a store recently in Stafford down the road from our gringos. Or not, I guess it is Stafford, yeah, instead of yes. in Stafford. And uh, how's it doing? It's doing good. It, uh, y'all did a great job with that remodel because it used to be the long, uh, not long worn, but what was it? Um, Texas Land and Cattle. Texas Land and Cattle, yeah. yeah. What a remodel that was, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're fun. The remodels are fun. But, um, five hard months. Yeah. Um, so what, um, besides the, the COVID uh, situation and, and guests getting sick, um, what else are y'all trying to do to make sure that, uh, that not only follow the protocols, but uh, to just do a better job at serving guests? Um, I mean, like, for example, executing orders. I know we've had to really roll out some great systems to allow people to do curbside uh, and obviously orders to go and delivery. Are y'all using DoorDash or any other uh, yes, we're services? Yes, we're using DoorDash and Uber. And, um, and our, our delivery business has, has skyrocketed, obviously, you know, March and, and April and May. And, it's, and, and it's, it's here to stay. We still have several of our locations with tents outside. Uh, our Richmond location has you know, a makeshift tent that's basically become a permanent fixture out there because our to-go business has, uh, is just is phenomenal. And I think that is also something that's, that's here to stay that's not going to go away. You know, I think this situation with COVID has changed the way people behave uh, for, for, for on a permanent basis. I think right. some of these things are not going to go away, and that's one of them. Um, so our we're fo- we've, uh, delivery business is very strong. Um, and we're focusing on that, the, the margaritas to go, you know, in the, in the, in all of our stores, but mainly out of Richmond and Washington, those are our two and our annex does, does very good to go. Other than that, you know, just, uh, training our employees and also teaching them, Hey, when you go home at night, be responsible, we're, you're responsible here while you're at work, but don't go out 
home and then go somewhere and, and, and get sick, you know. So just a lot of training and a lot of uh, emphasis on the importance of, of, of staying healthy and the seriousness of, of COVID and whatnot. Yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of public shaming um, of people that, or businesses that don't, um, you know, there's a lot of people looking out for the public's, in, in the public's interest. I know we've been visited a, a several times from the Harris County um, Fire Department or uh, what is it, the uh, Fire Marshal's Office, mm. uh, because someone complained that we weren't practicing and they come in, they look around, they say, oh, everything looks fine. You're we've good. had that happen to us too, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, we've, it's been minimal, but it, it, right. it does happen. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, you know. It, it is. So and the whole thing with the occupancy, you know, once you get above 50%, let's say they give us 75% occupancy, you really can't fill any more tables in there because of the six-foot rule. So 50% is about the maximum you can fill a restaurant up. Well, you know, it's, what's interesting is I just tweeted something out yesterday about making sure that, you know, you can seat every single table in your restaurant if you – if you seat at 50% of what that table holds. So if it's a four top and you see two guests there, then you can have every table in your restaurant full so long as there's a partition yes. dividing them. And of course a six foot too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, and, and there's ways to, to, to make your number because your occupancy does not reflect your actual seating capacity. That's a different number because yes. the occupancy or yeah, occupancy, occupancy, uh, also includes people waiting, and, and other people in the building. So, um, you know, it's easy. I think it's easy to get to that number and, and still do a decent volume. Yes. Uh, but again, just a lot of people still are doing takeout. We, we, I don't know what your percentage of takeout is, but ours well, before COVID was, I don't know, 10%, 15%. It's 40%. You know, it's crazy. We've that never is done, crazy. You know, we've, I'm not sure what ours is, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if it's somewhere in, the, in, the, in that ballpark as well. So how many uh, locations do you have today? Uh, there's 11, 11 businesses now total, uh, nine El Tiempos, and then we have Lorenzo's, we have Tony Mandola's, and then we have the market. So there's 12 businesses total. I hear a lot of great things about the market. You know, I've never been in, in the market. It's fantastic. I hear, I hear it's incredible. It is. It's really great. It opens at 5 in the morning, and people, are, people start walking in right at 5 to get their breakfast tacos. It's a little neighborhood gym, um, and it's, uh, people love it. For those that don't know, it's, the, it's located next to El Tiempo on uh washington yes right next door and um yeah i've just heard nothing but great things about it are any of your how many of your stores are franchised uh we have three our webster location and we have the woodlands and kingwood and good relationships with all of them uh yes for the most part for the most as, part as good yeah. as they can be yes. I, I mean you know um it's it's hard to get other operators to um have that sometimes that same passion and work ethic and and commitment to the product as as the founder, let's say. Yes. And so that's always a challenge. But at the end of the day, it is a business, and uh, you would hope they would want to take care of their investments. No doubt. Um, so let me ask you. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about, um, or did we already talk about on the show? But Michael Berry. So how did you? Um, how, how did you meet Michael Berry? So I'd been listening to Michael for years on the radio, and uh, <clears throat> um, actually met him through an incident that happened to me in 2018, a political incident. Okay, yes, that, which that I, I got involved with also. <laughs> yes, and I will never forget that, and I'm always grateful and, and, and thankful for for your support at the time. Hey, I, I took it personal when, yeah. when they were attacking you. Yeah, so it was uh, the, the Attorney General of the United States at the time, Jeff Sessions, 
uh, visited El Tiempo Navigation, and I didn't know who it was until he walked in the door. Anyway, it's a long story, but my social media uh, person for the, uh, at El Tiempo posted uh, a picture of me and him on, on our Facebook page, uh, and that set, that set my world on fire yeah. by, the, by 6 o'clock that evening. Uh, yeah, I was locking the door to my house. <laughs> and, and so that, that whole weekend was a really long weekend. I had, I had Univision and, and, uh, and Telemundo and everybody knocking on my door. And by Monday, you know, four days into this, I get a call from Michael Berry's office, and I was like, okay. And I had just gotten off the phone with my father and basically said, that's it, I'm done, I'm not talking to anybody else. Right. And then here comes Michael Berry calling me, and instinctually I knew, okay, I got to do this one because I just, I, I had a feeling in my heart, okay, he's going to set things straight, or, or, I, or I'm going to be able to really clarify and, and get this out. And so, and that's what I did. I called my father. He agreed to it. He says, yeah, you got to do this one. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good move. And um, yeah, and really your, your sales, I don't, I don't think that thing hurt your sales at all. Not at all. Yeah. I had so much uh, outpouring of support from people from all over the country. I had, I had people writing me letters from Florida to California. It was amazing. Wow. And that's the power of the station. You know, he just talked about a, um, a restaurant in Silver City, New Mexico, that... Um, I believe they were defying the order to shut down their dining room or something, mm-hmm. and they were being fined X number of dollars per day, and they were needing help with uh, legal fees. And so Michael mentioned them, and they had a GoFundMe account set up. So I sent them, or I donated some money to their account for their legal defense, and I just feel sorry for them. I mean, there's a lot of restaurants that are hurting, and it's easy to tell someone to shut down when you still have a job. You know, you, you're not missing a paycheck, but that's what a bureaucrat is. You know, I mean, they just cannot. I mean, I know the the public safety is is important, but at the end of the day, so is everyone's livelihood. I mean, yes. and these these definitions of uh, essential and non-essential jobs. Well, uh, the way I see it is, any job that puts food on the table is an essential job. So, Amen yeah, to that. you know, it's it's really sad. It, it really is, and hopefully, um, hopefully. Uh, Things change, but uh, anyway, we'll see. So, um, green sauce. <laughs> the famous green sauce. The famous green sauce. And it is famous. You know, I mean, it's so famous that uh, if you're a restaurant in Houston and you don't serve green sauce, you're in trouble. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, y'all, y'all had some of the best green sauce around. You know, it's one of our top movers. People, they'll eat more green sauce than red sauce. Sure. You know, and it is good. Uh, I'm glad. I, where did that come from? I mean, who made it? Who, who's, who was the, whose original idea was it? That was my grandmother's idea. Okay. It's her recipe, and, uh, you know, uh, it's just uh, it, the, the, the most difficult aspect to that particular recipe is the jalapenos because, you know, jalapenos can be sweet and not so spicy sometimes, and sometimes they're spicy. So the spice level in that sauce may fluctuate from time mm-hmm. to time. But other than that, you know, that sauce has sour cream in it. It has cream cheese. It has avocados. Cream it's cheese? Got, Hold on a second. It does. That's one item we don't have in ours. <laughs> it's got, I hadn't heard that one. It's got, yeah, and it's got a cilantro. So it's just a rich, creamy, delicious. And the irony they is. They drink it. <laughs> yeah, and they do. They do drink it. Uh, the irony is it can't be bottled. It really can't be bottled because no, of the avocado. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, to, and to get it to the bottling stage, you'd have to change it with preservatives and right. stuff. It wouldn't be the same. So, um L, uh, in, I forget what year it was, but Los Tios had opened up a location in Pasadena. 
And then a franchise opened up a Nymphas. I'm going back to Nymphas now. Um, and my brother took over that space to open up Johnny Tamales in 1998. And, um, and then he's since relocated. And that space has been a couple other restaurants. But when, when uh, he took over that space, and it was a Nymphas prior, uh, the, the franchisee, the operator, they left all the recipes there. Every single recipe that Nymphas was there. They're, they had them on these, uh, these laminated boards with these little copper hooks or whatever you want to call them and so anyway um it's a good find <laughs> it really was it really 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 was well to make a long story short my, uh, my they were there my brother didn't have any need for him because he was trying to uh copy most of papacito's recipes at the time uh with the coconut oil chips and mm-hmm. and and the, the roasted tomato salsa and uh, i went in and swiped them all up and so <clears throat> um when we were developing the Jimmy Chongas concept 10 years ago, this coming Monday, as a matter of fact, when wow. we opened January 11th of 11. So the date we opened was 1-11-11, all ones. And so we, uh, when we opened Happy it. anniversary. Yeah, thank you. So when we, before we opened it, we were developing our recipes for that concept. And we wanted them to be similar to Gringo's, but not exactly. So, you know, there were some subtle differences between items. And um, my... Uh, my, I gave uh, one of the recipes to my chef. I said, hey, see if you can make this. I want to see what it tastes like. And it was uh, the refried beans. Mm. And when he brought them to me, I said, man. I said, okay, there's something different about these beans. And it's something that really resonated with me because I remember the flavor profile. And when I looked at the recipe a little more closely, it uh, it turned out that one of the things y'all did um, – I may not repeat on this podcast. I'm just going to uh, tell you when we turn it off. But <laughs> but it was a process. You took an ingredient, you did something to it, and and that made all the difference in the world. And so again, going, getting back to your your grandmother, I mean she she knew how to cook. That's all there is to it. She knew how to cook. She did. And so she her husband was Italian, right? Yes. And so some of her food actually has a little bit of Italian influence. Oh, in absolutely. It, if not a lot. Quite a bit. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's really cool how all these fusions of the different ethnic foods just come together and create this new food, if you will, uh, and this new cuisine. But it's really, I mean, Houston has some of the best food in the world. I mean, really I've been does. all over the world. And, and let me tell you, um, there's good food everywhere, but there's something so unique about Houston. And, and I, I mean, all the chefs that we have here from Hugo Ortega to Chris Shepard and some oh, yeah. others, I mean, uh, I mean, even Robert Del Grande, I really enjoy his his cooking style as well. And so, so where do you? Um, I know you have how many kids do you have? I have five kids. Five kids. Wow, yes. <laughs> they keep you busy. Yes, they do. So, how how young is the youngest? He's four years old. He's going to be five in ten days. You know, I have a grandson that's four years old. Wow. <laughs> so you have a I have long, no grandchildren yet. But. Well, you have a long future, man. Uh, in your 50s so. my kids are my pride and joy i love them so much and oh. everything i do i do for them so yeah that's well, that's great do you see any of them following your footsteps uh that you know that they, they're very intrigued uh they ask hey dad you know let's go to one of your restaurants they were always referring to one of my restaurants i'm like you know el tiempo's yours too man <laughs> yeah you're not taking it with you <laughs> yeah, exactly so yeah they're very intrigued and they're always they're always um kind of enamored by it, the fact that we're in the restaurant business. And, and every time we drive by in El Tiempo, they point it out. Hey, look, there goes the end. So, yeah, the, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, hopefully that 
some of the, you know one or two of them will, will follow in my footsteps my youngest i know son. they love to cook all of them love to cook they're always in the kitchen messing with stuff so well we all love to eat <laughs> yeah. so my my youngest son uh i guess straight out of high school he went to work at the original gringos in Pearland, and i told him look you just go there and you work you shut up you just do your job and he worked in the dish pit and um you know, i believe he may have moved over to the line but he was in the kitchen one day he already been there several months and one of the servers comes in, peeks his head through the window and says, hey, Derek, I hear Russell, one of Russell's sons working here. Which one is he? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was keeping his mouth shut. So yeah. that was good. No, I appreciated that. <laughs> but anyway, so um, how old's your oldest kid? Uh, 16. 16. Her name is Ninfa. She's my, oh, she's, wow. she's my first daughter, and she's Mama Ninfa's first great grandchild oh wow that's 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 really cool kind of naming her was a (laughs) no-brainer so what um what inspired what inspired y'all to open up next door to the original just just opportunity or was it anything um more than that or just like the area neighborhood yeah it was really a passion uh it was more of my father's passion more than anything else because at the time you know i was driving through the neighborhood with him looking for a possible location and i thought man my dad's crazy <laughs> we're going back to we're going back because i just i didn't see it you know right. my dad saw it and so he 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 talked to me he, after after several several weeks of driving through and you know he and basically i learned from what the things that he would say is that we're going back to our roots we're going back to where where we started and it made sense to me and we were fortunate enough to make you know some sort of arrangement there on two different properties literally across the street from the original ninfas you know it's a great location and i i believe in synergy i believe that you know just because there's two restaurants there doesn't mean you're splitting business. If anything, you're attracting more. Absolutely. And, you know, when we took over the Gringos, um, or the property there at Fuquay, it's right directly next door to Acasole. Mm-hmm. I remember Larry Forehand wasn't too fond of that. He even came over and wanted to find out who was doing it and this and that. But uh, their sales actually went up after we opened, you know. Now, tw- 20 years later, they closed, but that's for other reasons. You know, but uh, yeah, it, their sales actually uh, went up at a spike. Yeah, and the area there on Navigation Boulevard has changed dramatically over the last, you know, ten years. And now, new businesses coming in, so I think it helps. We own a property on Harrisburg at the coffee plant, a Metro Rail stop, mm-hmm. and uh, my son over there, he's uh, been involved in getting it developed, and we have some tenants that are opening up a bar there which uh, should be very nice. They're doing the interior build-out now, but all that area is going to blow up. Right there next to El Charro? <laughs> um, El Charro is a little further out, oh. so we're a little further in. Uh, just just right there, but yeah, yeah. El Charro. I haven't, I haven't been there yet. <laughs> I've been in there, but it's been about 20 years. Okay, well, <laughs> they built a new building. Now. I think they redid it or something, yeah. I'll okay, yeah, it, it looks, looks nice. I follow them on Instagram, just see pictures and this yes. and that, but you know, I, can, I appreciate the independence. We're all independents like that, yeah. and we still are to a degree. So you always end, uh, you, do, you do a lot of radio advertising. I do. And is it all strictly Michael Berry Show or the station? Uh, uh, well, all throughout the uh, kind of the AM channel, I work there with Missy always at iHeart, so whatever channels, a lot of sports channels. Okay. Um, but mainly, mainly 740, mainly with Michael Berry, I would, I would have to say. But it's funny, too, because I hear myself often on the radio, and uh, my kids are in the car with me. <laughs> I always get a kick out of that. So. 
<laughs> Not, that is pretty cool, though. I mean, for them yeah. to hear it. But, you know, um, it, it's funny because obviously you want your kids to have an education and then they can do whatever they want after that. Uh, if they want to come back in the business or whatever. And, and uh, I don't have, I'm, although my sons uh, work for me, uh, they don't work in operations right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, St- but Steve's doing other stuff, handling other important things. Uh, this property that we're sitting in being one of them. But anyway, you always in your you always in your show with uh, oh your commercial should I say with uh, goza cada momento goza cada momento uh, right uh, enjoy every moment yes and I think that's what's very important you know uh, business should uh, you should always operate your business at a level where you can still go home and sleep you know because if it starts affecting your sleep then there's you got to pull back so do you do you sleep well every night I try to yes I think I get home uh, so so exhausted every night that I, I don't have much trouble trying, you know, dozing off. But so, what's your day? What what's your day look like? What time do you get going? Uh, wake up anywhere. I wake up around seven, probably, because I usually don't go to bed until past midnight. Because I have to wind down and stuff, you know. And I'm always working. I'm always working. If, if not at at one of the restaurants, I'm working at home in my office on the computer, answering emails and stuff. So, but uh, I, you know, every day is a, is a moving target for me. It just depends. I wake up and kind of see what what where the pressure points are at and and follow those and then always have always seems like i have a new project i'm working on this project in liberty but i like to float around all the restaurants you know uh the employees like the, the employees get a big smile on their face when they see me so i try to i try to make a a, a strong effort to uh to visit them and, and see how things are doing and check the quality you know it's funny i i think it's important that uh an operator never feel like a a stranger in his own business you know right. that you don't go there to where they don't know who you are and and uh, it is nice to go, uh, to go visit. The other day I went to uh, our Paraline location and uh, one of the busers wanted to get a, a picture with me and then a couple others wanted to get a picture. And before you know it, the entire, every one of yeah. them, everyone came out of the kitchen, did a group picture together. And yes. and uh, and I, I really enjoy that because at the end of the day, they're doing all the work. And, Absolutely. And I, I feel for them sometimes because it is tough. And uh, But, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're grateful. I'm grateful. And I always try to be there for them whenever they need me. And. And, uh, yeah, we've, uh, uh, we've done, you know, we have, one of the things we do is we, we just uh, reinvest in our, our team members and our community. We give so much back to them and, and to the community. And that's because, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you and I, we only need so much to eat. I mean, we have clothes on our back. We're happy. We're pleased. Our bills are paid. And that, to me, that's what's important. But uh, you can't ever forget the ones that, that provided it. My yeah. grandmother taught me to treat everyone like family, and so the El Tiempo is one big uh, happy family, and we try to always never forget that. Do you have a corporate structure? I mean, do you have, know what I mean by corporate ops? Uh, do you have an, uh, a COO or anything like that? Or? Yes. Yeah, okay. we, have, we have a corporate office on Sawyer in, in Washington. Okay. We have a chief financial officer. Okay, um, good. HR, HR department and whatnot. How many in your office, more or less? Uh, not a lot. You'd be surprised. Probably maybe 25 people. Okay, well that's that's what we have in yeah. ours. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's still a good payroll. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it you is. Know? Yeah, because their job is to give support to the store so they yes. can do their job. So exactly. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, I want to. Uh, I do want to uh, close it out and just say, uh, Dominic, uh, thank you for coming in. Uh, this is such a, an honor and a pleasure to to do this interview because um, although I had known of you for a long, long time, even visiting uh, Lorenzo's when it opened. Uh, on Washington, um, that was a knockoff of uh, uh, Houston's, right? Basically, 
Uh, initially kind of sort of yeah it's yeah. one of my favorite restaurants oh, mine too i, I, I had lunch there today <laughs> yeah. oh. i love i love the way they operate and the, and the simplicity of it and it's just a it's just a well-oiled machine yeah so um but you know i, I just uh, enjoy everything about about you about y'all's family the history uh the connections uh everything it's just i think it's beautiful and and uh you know houston needs more of it and, I, and there are a lot of families around that have been around that they provided some great uh cuisine over the years you know, Ooh Ortega's story is incredible, and uh, and I just love the story behind the brands. And so well, I appreciate the kind words, Russell, and, and uh, appreciate our friendship as well. Yeah, definitely. I just wish I didn't. Uh, I had. I, I wish I had uh, met you sooner. To yes. be honest with you, I had, we met under the uh, General Sessions. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Jeff Sessions. Jeff Bible. Sessions. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but, but here we met, you know, so that's great. And and we have a mutual friend in Michael Berry. So Absolutely. there you go. Well, listen, everyone, thank you again for, for tuning in and giving me 30-something minutes of your time. I know it's valuable, and it's very much appreciated. If you enjoyed this, please share it. And uh, Derek, thank you for putting this up on the interwebs. And until then, I will see you around. Bye-bye.